0: Sox fans, here
1: are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello, everyone. The Bastards are back for a midweek edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Tonight, we kind of have a bit of a unique episode. We're going to do Red Sox projections. We're going to be working kind of off of a template. The categories specifically are going to be breakout player of the year for the Red Sox, reliever of the year, who a Cy Young would be from within the Red Sox organization. We're not saying that that pitcher will necessarily win a Cy Young, probably not, but who will be the Cy Young winner of the team. And uh, from there, we'll go down to who we think the home run leader will be, the overall MVP for the team, the overall record for the season, and how far they will go in the playoffs if, in fact, we have them making the playoffs. Joining me tonight, Joe Goddard, Andrew Dwan, (laughs) for what is now, I guess, the third or fourth take feels like the 20th because of all kinds of technical issues. But have a a plan B going right now. (laughs) So how are you, gentlemen?
0: Seven more days, baby. I was going to say that. (laughs) Seven more days. We didn't rehearse that one.
1: (laughs) I'm really bad at math, so I'm not going to try to one-up you guys and count the hours. But getting right into it, the breakout player of the year, Job, who do you have? Darwinson
2: Hernandez. Love it. He's going to get uh, he looks like he's going to be the third option in, in the bullpen as constituted right now. Uh, so he won't get those high leverage innings that come with being the closer or even the setup man. But I think he's incredibly important to the success of this team. We all talked about him for a couple of shows in January before picking up Ottavino about how his role was going to be cru- uh, crucial and how critical he is to the success of this team. I think. Particularly this season, we need a strong bullpen with the pitching that we've, you know, put together in free agency and who we're running out there every day. So he's my breakout player of the year because he's going to perform, I think, to an exceptional standard. He might even win the eighth inning job from Adam Adovino at some point this season.
1: Very good. I mean, I'm expecting big things out of him for sure. and. He's coming out of a bullpen with a lot of weapons, so if he can establish himself as one of those dominant arms, he certainly would be a breakout player.
0: All right, so I also was in the bullpen, and for me, I have Edward Bizzardo. So here he got optioned down to the alt site, slash triple A, whatever we're going to call it, but. You didn't see the last of him. He's gonna come in. Give him a few weeks. He's gonna take someone's job, and he's not gonna give it up. He's gonna run with it. He's gonna be dropping ninety-eight mile an hour fastballs and laying hammers on people. It's gonna be great. He looked awesome in spring. Uh, he had I think five appear four appearances, five innings, only led up one home run to some scrub on the Rays. Probably complete accident. You know, it'll never happen again. And he struck out more than a guy in hitting. And this is a guy that throws 98 miles an hour with his fastball. He's gonna let it all hang loose because he knows this is his shot. They protected him in the rule five draft. So you know they think highly of him, or else they would have been like, whatever, you know, we'll see what happens. But you know, we're looking at a dude that has upside of 12 k's per nine. And that's what you want out of your bullpen. And I think we're going to see an infusion of youth. He's 25 years old and no one's seen him within the division or any of our opponents. He's going to take a lot of people by surprise this year. And I, I'm so happy and I can't wait for it. I'm going to be
2: honest. I wasn't ready for you to say that. I thought we were, (laughs) I thought he was going to be crossed off because he got optioned to the alternate site. Deep cuts
0: only baby. Deep cuts only. (laughs) I
2: like, I like that take. I just have, you know, a couple of questions about it. Does it not concern you that there's still somebody in front of him to take a job on the big league roster uh, before he even gets up there? You I know, think like, he's not the next man up. He's the oh, guy I after get the next man up.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, I think like a guy like Austin Bryce has his position, but I don't think Haim and Cor are gonna mess around this year. I don't think they're here to screw around waste any time. If someone's not performing and you got got this guy throwing seeds in Worcester, why waste you know any bullets in his arm just put him in. He proved everything you could want to see. so it's not like he was getting lit up and it's like oh but the potentials there. he, he showed it, man. he absolutely showed it and I think he's a weapon.
1: I I'm not familiar with Bizardo. I know he has looked good in spring training before getting sent to the alt site. I think he had what a yep. well, yeah, had one eight yeah. eighty ERA. one eighty. One home
0: run. The one home run was the only uh, run he allowed else all, all spring.
1: Yeah, so he definitely sounds like he would be the first man up should uh, you know an opening happen due to injury or just someone underperforming and needing to get options so he'll definitely be a fun player to watch. I'm kinda I'm gonna stick with who who I uh who I wrote down actually. Um but Sawamura, I don't know, could Ooh. be the guy. Yeah I didn't I'm I not gonna it. go I there. I'm I'm gonna go I'm just gonna go with the guy that I thought of from the start. And you guys aren't going to be too shocked by this. But I'm going with Christian Arroyo. I've been high on him all along. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not backing down. I'm sticking to my guns. He's had a pretty good spring training so far. He's hit three dingers himself. Dahlbeck right now I think is up to something like eight or so. But Arroyo having a solid spring, hitting 283, 327 OBP. It'd be nice if that comes up a little bit. 826 OPS, but if he has that exact line through the whole season, that's great production from second base, and it would be really hard to to take that away from him, I would think. So he's never really had a full season like he's gonna have this year. So hopefully he makes the most of his opportunity and. I'm going with Arroyo. I, I, I like love him. that
0: pick. Go ahead, go ahead, Andrew. Well, I think he's hungry. He can't take a day off. If he does, his job is gone. Like you have Chavis, you have a little bit lower. You have Arau's. You have Danny Santana. You scuffle for a week. You might be scuffling your way to an unemployment line. So there, you can't take anything for granted at that position. So I think Arroyo's can be hungry and. Uh, He's not going to – he's going to leave nothing on the field. I I like that pick. You know,
2: I also like that pick for the same reason. I think
0: he has that sense of urgency
2: that you don't necessarily always see out of the guys who aren't going to get a lot of playing time. You know, he got his first taste of the big leagues in 2015, and he still, you know, hasn't appeared in more than 20 games in any season. That was last season where he appeared in 20 games. He only got 46 at-bats, but he showed some – real ability to get on base he hit for a 283 average which is i think about where he would be you know in a full season maybe a little lower than that at like 265 um but you know the pressure is low for him so if he can you know really perform to his ability he helps his team a lot and he'll get a lot of playing time opportunities if he's the hot hand we've already talked about that cora talked about that The guys who are hitting are the guys we're going to get opportunities. And he's the build that Cora wants. He's not one of these power hitter strikeout guys. He's built more like Alex Verdugo. You're going to get a little bit of pop, but what you're really going to get is he's going to drive the ball off the monster, you know, and he's not going to strike out all that much. I I love that pick Terry.
1: He was high. on Yeah. And this is the second time blooms traded for him. So, you know, he's high on him and, I think this would be an opportunity for Bloom to thump his chest and and look at those other teams that couldn't get him to work out and and be like, well, we got him to work out here in Boston and he's going to be a mainstay in our middle infield for at least this season. So moving on, uh, kinda, you guys went bullpen. So I'll be interested to see how this one works out. (laughs) The reliever of the year, Job, who do you think that will be? Can't pick Darwin's in. So because
2: I can't pick Darwinson, I'm gonna go with Adam Ottavino. Um, and I know this sounds a little bit like a contradiction because I said that I think Darwinson might take the eighth inning role from Ottavino at some point this year. That's how high I am on Darwinson Hernandez. But Adam Ottavino, I think, is going to be one of the most unheralded players that this team acquired this season. Uh everyone was very high on the uh, you know acquiring of KK Hernandez. People like the moves to get, you know, bring back Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, et etc. We made a lot of moves this offseason. My favorite move is getting Adam Zavino for the Yankees for what we gave up. I think he is probably the best pitcher in your bullpen. I think he's better as a closer than Barnes. Um and I expect him to pitch anywhere between thirty and thirty and fifty innings this season, which is pretty high. Um, of one nine to two two ERA, I think he's going to be dominant. He really wants this opportunity for a clean slate.
0: All right, I wanted to get wild with mine, um, but I kind of reeled myself in here. Uh, I went with Matt Barnes. I've been saying all along, I thought he was a closer. I wasn't sure he deserved to be the closer. I just thought he had core's trust with the repertoire, but he's like great. And I will never underestimate the power of a uh, contract year for a baseball player or any athlete for that matter, something happens. You get that secret sauce and you just, you start throwing, you know, a mile, mile and a half uh, per hour fast, faster. you breaking ball, you know, breaks a little bit harder. I got Matt Barnes. I think he's going to have a 35 plus uh, save season this year. And he is going to get paid by someone when that um, salary all the salaries get you know, somewhat fixed with the normal season. Probably won't be the Red Sox. but yeah, i, I i'm I'm feeling a Matt Barnes contract career season
1: that's that's ballsy, I think. And I like <laughs> Matt Barnes. i so if it happens, more power to him. It is the eighth year. He'll be pitching in the major leagues. so, I can't really think of someone off the top of my head that blossomed that far in their career and and made that big of an impact on the team. So, like I said, if it happens to Job's point about Ottavino, I, I do want to say this: uh, Ottavino is the only guy in the Red Sox bullpen who's ever been solid from start to finish in multiple seasons. So, solid pick there. I'm going That's why I, uh, to tell you that
2: just one quick thing. That's kind of why I didn't pick him for breakout player of the year. You know, I went bullpen with both my first two picks there. Um, but I didn't pick him for breakout player of the year because I think he's going to give you what he's already given you maybe a little bit more. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, confuse things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's a solid pick and I can't wait to rub it in the Yankees face, you know, to be like, ha ha, we got one of your guys. We got another one of their guys, and that's not uh, going to be my reliever. Of the year, which is Garrett Whitlock. I thought for sure one of you guys were going to take Whitlock, but <laughs> oh, I wanted um,
2: to so bad, so badly. I
0: love Whitlock. My yeah. deep cut would is going to be uh, Andres.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's another interesting one because he has Andres has been pitching pretty well as well, but my pick is going to be Darwin's and Hernandez uh, for much of the reasons we've kind of already talked about. What I like about him is when he's on, he has that swagger and much like my other pick with, with a this is going to be Hernandez's first season coming into it with kind of a, a set role. He, he knows, he, he knows how he's going to be utilized for the most part. And I just feel like if he gets in that zone, and he's dominant, I think he can stay there. I, I I can't prove it because he hasn't done it yet, but I just have this feeling that he's going to be a guy who thrives once he does get into that zone. The stuff is dominant. The only thing is really is his walk rate. He's got to rein that in. And once he does, I think he could be the greatest – Red Sox reliever since Jonathan Papelbon, better than and I love it. I love it. Time here, so that's that's how that's how high I think Darwin's in can can rise. So, he, Terry, he's I'm going to get pick you pick a siren. I'm
2: going to get you a siren so that you can hot take. You can have your own hot take alert on the show live. <laughs> because that was that was cra- uh, crazy. Uh, praise. I love Hernandez. He's my breakout player of the year. But that's great yeah. praise. I'm excited. I hope you're right.
1: And no, no disrespect to Koji because he had the greatest season we'll we'll probably ever see. But he only did it for one year. I think I think Darwin's going to be dominant for for several years, and he might be even the best in the entire division. On top of that, I just that's how good I think he can be. And I think this is going to be the first year he kind of you know, puts the stamp on that next category, the Cy young for the Red Sox staff. Job, who do you have? I think we're all going to go to the same place here. It could be wrong, but I'm going to go
2: with Eduardo Rodriguez. He's also in a contract year. I know Terry, you've been talking a lot about how you think they're going to extend him. I think he's going to go to free agency. I think he resigns in Boston, but pitchers in career years, like Andrew said, all bets are off. I think you're going to see what we thought we were going to get last season from him this year. I'm expecting 20 wins just out of, just out of him alone. Wow. That's my bold. That's my bold takes. You know, I need a siren.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we might go in chalk with this because right now we're at two of, two of the three. Um, I, as much as I would have loved just to get Richards because I've been pupping his tires for like the last three months, I'm going Erod. rod um, I think we actually just saw his contract floor get set yesterday with Lance McCuller Jr.'s deal. Uh, he got six at one at $85 million. So that was kind of my prediction for a contract for him. Uh, I think we talked about it last show. I think he's gonna go out throw a uh sub three and a half era season and what more can you ask for for a guy that missed a whole year could barely walk with heart issues if he comes out and throws that i mean he's a lefty young ish when it comes to starters that has never had any arm problem god i gotta knock on some wood i don't have any wood around here but uh like all his issues have been weird like covering first and he hurt his knee tripping over first like This guy, he's been durable when it comes to his arm. I think it's Erod. I think he's going to be one of the top three guys in the division for starters. And he's going to set the tone every five days for this team. And they need it until Cell comes back.
1: Well, you guys are absolutely right. We're all in agreement there. The one thing I'll I'll say about him is... I think he kind of relishes the the role that he's in. He knows he's basically the ace of the staff. And I've mentioned time and time again how impressed I was with him in that one World Series game because that ended up being a spot start for him. It would have been Nathan Evaldi's turn to pitch, but he went nine innings and basically extra innings in that marathon uh, game three. And then Rodriguez came in. He lived up to the moment. It wasn't too big for him. Alex Cora kind of screwed him by letting him face Puig again. I think he should have been out of there. Puig got to him earlier in the game. And so I I kind of put that more on Cora than, than Erod. Another thing, I don't have his numbers up, but coming at least into the 2019 season, he's got very good numbers at Yankee Stadium. So that's a tough place to pitch and it's just another example of him coming through and I think he's going to be the guy that puts the rest of the rotation on his shoulders and gets us to having Chris Sale come back. So I think Rodriguez as well will be the best pitcher in the in the rotation at least until the month of July or August. Next category, the home run leader for the Red Sox. I don't think this will be unanimous, so go ahead, Joe. Who do you think is going to hit the most dingers?
2: I want to go with Rafael Devers. I wanted to go with J.D. Martinez, but I didn't want us all to have the same answer again, and I thought that was a possibility. I've been talking about uh, Rafael Devers' ability to – put the barrel on the ball for a couple of seasons now. He's It's his turn to step up and be the heart of this order. I project him to bat fourth in the lineup behind J.D. Martinez. I've been pretty clear about that. With the protection that Xander Bogarts can give him, if Xander Bogarts is healthy, I expect him to face a lot of fastballs. And the one thing that we know about Rafael Devers is if he gets ahead in the count, he can put the barrel on the ball. Uh, I'm expecting a big season out of him. Upwards of 30 home runs.
0: I hope you're right. I, I mean, that would be phenomenal if Devers led them in home runs because, I mean, we know he can definitely rope the ball for doubles. What do you have, like 55 a couple of years ago? So that that would be a great progression in his career if he could take that step up power-wise. Um I'm hoping he goes
2: to the opposite field a lot. You know, I I really think that there's a, a possibility that he'll get there with Cora back. And I know they have a really tight bond. And with the ability to look at his swing in between the way that J.D. Martinez has kind of been teaching the young guys to do, I think this is his breakout season as far as home
0: runs go. So for me, I went the other side of the diamond. I'm going Robbie Dahlbeck. I I think Bobby's gonna do it this year. I, I'm not joking. I mean, even if he hits 240, all he needs is 36 to 38 mistakes, and they're gone. I mean, think of the you know, he can flick an off-speed pitch to Yankee Stadium 305 feet to right field, no problem. You know, like it, it's gonna be an absolute joke. He's gonna hit maybe three or four there alone during their nine games in new york and we know in uh warm summer nights at fenway i mean he's gonna run into at least that oh god i don't even want to garner a guess, but he's gonna freaking kill someone on the mass bike and i, I it's gonna be a very very long and drawn out legal battle for that accidental death but <laughs> I, bobby dahlbeck is gonna do it i i honestly think the floor is set at 35 home runs and i'm not worried about the strikeouts that's not a big concern to me um, I've been kind of pushing the Chris with a K Davis uh comparison with the two forty with the th- um average with the three forty OBP. And I think that's phenomenal out of a first baseman, especially if he's hitting ninth. He has a chance to break some records for most home runs out of the nine hole. And I think it's like I want to say like forty two. It was something weird. I I actually was kind of blown away by it. I thought it was gonna be like twenty. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I think Dahlbeck is going to hit a lot of home runs this season.
2: Does the dead ball not concern you at all as far as, you know, rookie not being able to adjust? Because Cora seems to think it's going to adjust about eight feet. If it's eight feet short, I mean, is that going to impact your opinion on Dahlbeck at all?
0: I saw him hit a home run opposite field that lefties couldn't even pull that far yesterday. Like <laughs> well, he he hit the roof of that building behind the spring training complex where they were at, and that was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I, I, they're going to be using the same ball in a couple weeks or in a week that they they've been using spring training. I think with him it doesn't matter. I mean, he's got seventy five plus power right now um, in the. Scale. I know it's rated at sixty by MLB.com, which is. I mean, come on, that's absurd. Uh, it's clearly seventy power, and all he needs is to run into a mistake. And Jesus, he could have a Glaber Torres type of season against the Orioles with the way their pitches is, <laughs> is looking.
1: I'm the biggest pessimist on on Dahlbeck. You guys are keenly aware of that. But if that comes to fruition and, and he does lead the ho- the team in home runs, it's probably a good sign that a lot of other things in the lineup went right as well. So that would be great to see. I love the fact that Cora is just putting him right in the nine hole, taking no pressure off of him. I, I think with your more casual Red Sox fan, the expectation is going to be He'll be in the, the five or six hole, but core is just putting him right in the ninth hole. I like that. Take the pressure off. And I, I think that gives him the best chance to, to quite frankly, lead the team in home runs. And if he is cranking dingers, he's probably going to work his way up the lineup eventually, but, but go ahead, start him in the nine hole. Uh, I'm actually with my pick for the home run leader. I'm, I, I agree with Job. I'm, I'm going with Devers in 2019, he hit 32 home runs. The ball is a little bit different this year, like you guys are saying, but he's got that raw power. I mean, we've seen some really high exit velocity out of him, not quite with the consistency of a Giancarlo Stanton, but but Devers can definitely barrel them up, and I think the chances are good that he he could could – Uh, certainly lead the team and we know he's going to play 150 155 games so that that's another that's another reason I just kind of have a lot of confidence in Devers so um, my pick for for home run leader I like
2: that we're on the same page there Terry you know I think your reasons and my reasons line up I'm a little happier with the protection that Xander Bogarts gives him. That's kind of my primary reason. I think Xander Bogarts is also going to take a step forward. So I'm pretty happy that we're on the same page there.
1: Yeah. I just think he's, he's just going to be that steady, steady, almost Adrian Beltre type, you know, presence in our lineup. So, Uh, Let's see. That was the home run. So now we are in the MVP category. I am intrigued at this category um, because (laughs) there's a a lot of ways we can go. Uh, Job, who is your most valuable player for the 2021 Boston Red Sox?
2: I'm torn. I have two guys written down. I'm torn which way I want to go. I'm going to go with Enrique Quique Hernandez as my MVP for this season. And the reason for that is I know this is a little bit of an out-of-left-field kind of pick, but it's because I think he's going to wear a lot of different hats. He's going to play a lot of positions. He's going to play second base as often as we can. And that's a hole that we really haven't had an everyday second baseman be reliable in a long time when you think about it. He's going to win some games for us with his effort, with his hustle, hopefully with his glove, but definitely with his bat, he's going to have a breakout season for himself as a starting second baseman. And then also I think he's the MVP for this team.
0: All right. Well, if yours was out of left field, <laughs> mine's going to be out of right field and stick with me. Don't hang up. I'm thinking <laughs> Hunter. Oh uh, God. And listen, you, you lost know, me. Everyone, well, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, well, no, Xander Bogart, Because we expect that out of those guys, right? We we expect those guys to succeed and hit three ten, do whatever. I, from what I've seen from Redfro in spring training, and what I saw from him last year with the Rays, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing him. You know, play 125 plus games for the Red Sox and only $3.1 million with two other years of uh, team control. I think this guy, I think we're looking at a 27 to 32 home run season. I think we're looking at a 240 batting average and his defense has looked amazing so far. And that's where the pick for me comes to fruition. His defense has looked great, and he's been working on it for the last few years. He wasn't happy with it. He made a point of it. There's articles online, um, and guys that are that determined to get better, I trust in them. He's having a great spring, and I think fans that wrote this off uh, when they signed him, like uh, it's a Tampa North signing. I think he's gonna become a fan favorite very very quickly, and look him look for him to be batting six maybe for this team and putting up numbers that we no one expected
1: well he's gonna to have to do that to to be the the m v p the the one troubling stat that is kind of glaring right now in spring training is his on base percentage it's only two eighty six he's a career two ninety six guy so it's hard for me to chalk that up to it's just spring training because it does line up with the rest of his career. So that's kind of painful. And you could have those late game situations where you need him to at least get on base. And if he has a career year and and shines, then more power to him. The, the The other interesting thing, though, keep in mind is a guy like Franchi Cordero could force his way into the lineup if you can't take Marwin Gonzalez out and Arroyo's pitching good. I mean, I could see it being a little challenging for for Renfro to, to be in the lineup every day. To me, I don't
0: see uh, Marwin getting that many at-bats. Uh, or not maybe not that many but I don't see him getting regular at bats I don't see him starting more than four games a week I think going give me in left I think they're gonna give him every single opportunity like we've seen teams do in the past for him but for me so let me justify this Renfro pick a little bit more I think the value The I'm going with like the value in most valuable player because he I've To me, I see him putting up stats that we didn't expect. I don't expect the OBP to be above 320, 325. Um, I don't think we need it, honestly, coming out of the 6th or 7th hole. Because... What what are we looking at down there? What what's a historical seven six through eight hitter uh, OPP? You know, usually they're a, a slap hitting second baseman, not a guy that can knock in Xander and uh, Christian Vasquez um, with one swing of the bat. so I that's where I think that added value uh, goes above and beyond for him.
1: Well, I mean, last year we saw a guy like Kevin Pillar show up and just be an absolute spark plug. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so Renfro could certainly be that guy in 2021. I am going with another outfielder. I'm going with Alex Verdugo. He's Going to either be the leadoff guy or the two hole hitter. I'm not sure if that's uh, been set in stone yet, but uh, somewhere near the top of the order anyway. I think he's going to hit around 20 home runs, possibly hit close to 80 runs batted in. That kind of does depend on how that bottom third of the order gets on base for him to have guys to drive in. But I think. Offensively, I just think he he's definitely going to be a spark plug. Hit 308 last season with a 3.67 on-base percentage. Season before 2019 hit 294 with a 3.42 on-base percentage. So he he could be just hitting, you know, for average be borderline elite, you know, a, per, a perennial all-star at least in that category. And the interesting thing about Verdugo is he's never played more than 106 games in a season yet. That was 2019. He ran into the back problems last year, obviously shortened season and in 2017, 2018, he was, you know, basically a rookie only, uh, only playing a handful of games each year. So this could potentially be his first shot at a full season. Should he stay healthy? And I'm just going to chalk the back injury up as kind of a freak thing. Another thing I love about Verdugo is he is a very good defender. We've seen that he has a cannon of an arm. He does fall a little short of Mookie. It's almost impossible to to replace the, the defense that Mookie gave you, but it's pretty close. Like I said, cannon of an arm. His range is really good. He covers a lot of ground. He's very efficient. He plays the wall pretty good as we saw last year with that highlight reel catch. Um, I think he's going to be a guy who offensively and defensively is going to be the, the best all-around guy. I, I'd love to go with Devers because I, I think Devers is going to put up probably the best offensive numbers, but you know the defense isn't going to be there, and you know it will be with Verdugo. So that's why I went with Verdugo.
2: You know, I love that pick.
1: I don't necessarily love it
2: for the reasons that people might think that you would love it. I don't necessarily think it's the offensive output or, or even the defense that is going to make him the potential MVP for this team. I had him written down as my number two guy on the board, and it's because of his leadership abilities. Um, I think this is his second year with the team. He's talked previously about how he doesn't want to be compared to Mookie Betts, and he doesn't want to be the guy who he got from Mookie Betts, but that's who he is. That's who people see him as, and yet he puts in work in a whole different way he works in the cage not on the field so he doesn't mess up his swing all these different things that I think he could really teach some of the young guys that we expect to come up at this point at some point this year some valuable skills that will hopefully make them you know better big leaguers if not this season right away then definitely for the next 3 or 4 years while I think you know some of these young outfielders are going to come up and be dominant
1: absolutely and he almost has a, a Pedroia-like vibe to him. I, I don't think we're going to see some of the meltdowns we saw. You know, I, I I can't, like, for instance, and I'm not even talking about the controversial ones, but I, I don't really see Verdugo as a guy who's going to be going off on umpires. But I think the intensity will still be there. The intense work ethic that we saw from Pedroia, I think will be comparable with Verdugo. So I... I Joe when you say a leader type guy I, I think he certainly does uh, fit that mold as well yeah
2: and I know a lot of people were concerned about you know his personality and his off the field stuff when he came to the Red Sox so people might balk at that a little bit but what I really like about him is his work ethic you know he he works the way Pedroya used to work um or the way that any of those undersized small guys that you see make the big leagues work and he's not that so i expect him to provide some valuable leadership especially for the young rookies who are going to be playing in the outfield if not you know right away then definitely september call-ups and come come crunch time either in the playoffs if we make it there or next season that'll really start to show
1: absolutely so, kind of talking about the team numbers overall, uh, Joe, what do you see the Red Sox having for a record or or just a number of wins, however, you want to do it? Uh, the Red Sox are going to win 86 games
2: this season. I think that's the high point of optimism for me. Um, I've been oscillating between 83 and 90 for the last couple of months as I get closer to the season I find myself being more optimistic but I think 86 is probably a fair amount of games the division is very strong but I'm the more and more I listen to Andrew and the more and more that I watch this team these young guys who are at the alt site and who might be the next man up the more and more I think that these guys might actually be able to contribute and even though Garrett Richards is a bum and he's gonna pitch every fifth day the rest of this team might be able to win some games.
0: All right. I like that. I'm rubbing off on you. All right. So I have them at 87 and 75. Um, I feel confident in it. And the reason for that is because all they have to do is hanging around until the trade deadline. And there aren't a lot of teams that are going to be looking to add salary. And the Red Sox can add about five and a half million dollars and still be under the uh under the tax threshold. So that's actually an impact player. Because if you look at it right now, that's a guy making 12 million bucks. And you prorate that a half a year, and there you go. There's their guy. And on top of that, we have guys like Connor Siebold just sitting waiting, just Ready to pitch. He looked great. Yeah, this you know, during spring training. you guys like Tanner Houck, Maybe he puts it together, maybe he doesn't. Maybe, you know, you have confidence he can be a sixth, seventh inning guy. Maybe you move him. You sell high. I, I really do think they're gonna be able to get another key piece to this team at the trade deadline, and they're not gonna be worried about doing so. I see them. Probably they're not going to win the division. I still, still think it'll be the Yankees. Um, I I don't see a circumstance where they the Yankees don't win ninety games, even if things don't totally go their way. I you know I think people were thinking you know a hundred hundred wins was their ceiling a while ago, but I think that's been a little tempered. I I see us in the playoff uh, that playing game. I don't see why we can't face off against a team like the Twins in the ALDS. I don't necessarily see us getting through the ALCS, but I do see us winning that play-in play in game and winning around. And I think that is a total, total success for this team.
1: Joe, why don't you just go ahead with uh, your playoff uh, uh scenario unfortunately
2: this team's not going to make the playoffs uh i'd like to say that they will but i actually have toronto being the team to beat in the division and the yankees are going to win one of those wild cards i just don't see how unless unless everything goes right for us and everything goes wrong for the other teams in the division that we can win this year
0: I mean, we've kind of seen that so far. We've seen the Yankees lose Britain, the negative reports off of Kluber. We've seen the Blue Jays lose Kirby Yates. And for some reason, they think a grade two oblique strain won't knock Springer out past opening day, which is unbelievable based on his history. And then today we saw, uh, what's his name? Robertson on the, uh, on the Rays go down. And I think that could affect some of these teams just right out the shoot. Uh, we saw the white Sox lose their best second best player in Eloy. I don't know. I, I just, things are breaking a little good for them. If they can get off to a good start is maybe I'm getting my hopes a little too high, but I, I, I want to believe <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not coming off of where I've been uh, all winter long. Um, I have the Red Sox, 78 and 86. I hope you guys are right. I hope Andrew's right and and we make the playoffs. But I just I'm not in love with the rotation and we have seen it kind of come down to earth. Now, I know some of these teams have gotten multiple looks at these guys because of the the condensed number of opponents. So that that could be part of it, but if Aldi makes me uncomfortable, I'm putting it mostly on the rotation. That that's where I just don't think we're good enough. Um if the rotation overperforms to to my expectations, then I think the the number does drift well into where you guys are picking, but I'm pessimistic with Evaldi. I don't know what to think of Perez. Really, I mean, he's probably going to be that number four guy that he's been his whole career, anyway. Pavetta is just the dev- definition of a wild card. I he might have the best season of his career, or he might be frustratingly inconsistent. It's a long shot to me that that Richards is going to make 20 to 25 starts. Um, so th- that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, the baseline of where my pessimism comes from. So I hope we're competitive because maybe that trade that Andrew is talking about comes in the form of a starting pitcher that kind of bolsters the rotation. Then you get Chris sale back and hopefully early to mid July, he looks like he just wants to start the season. He (laughs) does. He's he, he doesn't like his situation right now, but, but hopefully uh, he's being smart and the team's being smart and, and uh, they do do everything the right way because they, they've handled him the the wrong way uh, up until uh, Tommy John. So, um, so hopefully they get it right, but it's, it's better for the fan base that the team is good. It's better for this podcast that the team is good, but I have to call it like I see it. So I'm just going 78 wins and I I don't quite, obviously that's, that's not good enough. So
2: I've been getting more and more optimistic. The closer we get to spring training, Terry Uh, uh, closer, we get (laughs) through spring training. You know, I started out where you were and now, now I'm up to in the mid eighties. So maybe we'll get you there in the next week or so. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to try on Sunday on our predictions episode to get you to rework that.
1: If we're three or four games at least above 500 at the end of April, because April is a tough schedule, like I went over in the previous show. If we're three or four games above 500, uh, my tune will change. And, you know, uh, I'll probably be a little bit more optimistic. But if we get thumped by some of these good teams, the White Sox, the Mets that are playing us in April, we have some, we've got Toronto, I think, at least once. So, yeah, and only um, one off
2: day. Yeah. One early
1: off day. That's it.
2: Right. Tough
1: schedule in April. Yeah. So so we'll see. But that'll uh, that'll set the tone. So. Uh, for the listening audience, uh, one other show to look forward to. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to be recording our MLB-wide preview. We've kind of kind of let the cat out of the bag, I guess, as far as the, the AL East goes. But all five hosts will be on the show, so Charlie and Jason will be with us giving their picks. We're going to pick every single division. We're going to do our World Series matchups. We're going to pick our league-wide Cy Youngs and mvps and it's always a fun show it's one of my favorite of the year so that will be recorded sunday night for your monday morning commute so be on the lookout for that take care everyone